Bell. Um, <clears throat> tonight we're following on from the Sermon on the Mount, like um, Tony was saying, um, and I'll just pray before I read the word. Thank you, Jesus, that your love is so freely given that it runs like a river and we can sing of your praises tonight together. God, as we look to you and your word now, I just pray that um, you will pierce every heart for what we need to hear. Holy Spirit, will you speak now as we open your word that is alive and living and ready for us. Amen. So, um, we're reading from Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 25 to 34. Therefore, I tell this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes. Look, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? Look, see how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not, mu will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or oh, what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> when I read those um, scriptures at the beginning of the week, I thought, um, oh dear, <laughs> oh no, what am I actually gonna say? Because, um, I am the one in the pit of worry. Um, to put it into context, really, and I, I share with you that I, and I'm still sort of figuring out, but I really have fallen into a bit of a, a dark spot in recent weeks, my friends. And um, I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to share it with you. Um, and I'm not sharing it with you for self-pity, um, but it's I share it because I, I have to be honest with you that what we face for each of us is real. And I know that in those deep, deep places of darkness, we can feel far away from God, can feel like giving in. 
um, at a total loss. Um, so I'm going to just bring kind of what I've been on in my journey this week and hope that um, it can speak of God and his, his love for me and how that is also for you. I guess I, what I've known um, is that it's important to acknowledge um, pain that we're feeling. I've felt levels of despair and hopelessness in the last few weeks. I've had a doubting heart. I haven't been connected to Jesus. And that's meant that I've stepped into the grip of fear, not into the arms of his love. I know that our faith ideals can sometimes stop making sense in the face of what we live, our experience. Yet, I have also known this week that God has an incredible way of chasing his love after my running away heart. He never stops chasing. He's actually right in the middle of the chaos. What it comes down to is, Hannah, are you going to continue wrestling in your own tension and your fight, or will you nestle with me? Are you willing to adjust things in an act to connect to me? Because we know with all our relationships with our partners or our children or our brothers and sisters, unless we connect, we become dry and stagnant. Unless we reach out to one another, it's a, a dry place. It's the same with Jesus. So I'm going to begin with um, a testimony. And um, because God has been right in the middle and this testimony is right up to date, um, because, like I said, I wasn't too sure, in fact, whether I could even speak tonight because um, I'm not sure I was very, very qualified, really. Um, anyhow, the testimony is significant and testimony is very powerful, as you all know. It's really spurred me on this testimony. Um, a, a testimony of somebody's story doesn't deny or avoid any pain. It, the pain is a part of the testimony because of the abundance of God's intimacy and his love is found best, isn't it, in that brokenness of suffering. It's his breaking in, it's his glory that can then be illuminated so significantly in light of and above the pain. This testimony is Rachel's, it's not mine, um, though it has been very significant to me, and I do hope it reveals something of, of the simplicity, but also the depth of God's love, really. She's happy for me to tell you, um, I asked her. So Rachel has a, um, a ball that she takes to school with her, um, it's like a sensory kind of squishy ball, and um, <clears throat> she had it at school and um, she lost it. She was looking everywhere. She was quite distracted from her work. She looked under her table. She looked all over the place. She, I think, maybe got told to stop getting distracted. Um, and she just was starting, her words to me were, this when I started to listen, because her words to me were, I was really worried, mummy. I was so worried. I'd lost my ball. So I just sat in my desk and I said, Jesus, I'm really worried. Where's my ball? Please help me find it. I know you can help me. She said it was very strange. Before I prayed, I bent down and the ball wasn't there. And then I, I bent down after I said amen. And mummy, I don't know what happened, but the ball was there. 
and she said I was so happy and of course when she said when you when you have something that happens like that of course you want to share with others and that's the power of testimony isn't it for her that real worry in that real worry of the ball um which to you and I and to God like and she realizes it is not a big deal but the ball might not be important as such what matters is that it was important to her and God knew and in her worry and in her anxious heart for a 10 year old she seeked him maybe not first but he definitely she seeked him in it she brought it to him she knew she had no control any longer about her ball and she was surprised and felt so loved and known, she then wanted to share it and tell everyone how abundant is the love of Jesus that he would care for her ball because he cares for her and he cares for me. What security we have in him. It's fair to say, isn't it, that we live in an age of anxiety which is only heightened furthermore by this pandemic that we're in. There's inner tensions, nervous strains, worries and fears. To be clear, there's a difference between worry and concern. Concern makes us do something to ease the situation, to move us into a constructive action. Whereas worry can burden our minds and our bodies without helping us find a solution to a problem. Worry is like the racing engine of a car without letting in the clutch. You burn energy, but don't go anywhere. Now, wonderfully, we've got this vaccine, haven't we, for the um, coronavirus. I'm sure some of you perhaps had your first vaccination. Um, but once we're all vaccinated, the truth remains, there is no vaccine available from any doctor for our anxiety. The prescription um, is not mine, um, it's given by Jesus in these words, isn't it? Um, to steer us towards an attitude to living, which he knew would be all we'd ever need. So like the most simplest things, there's also complexity to it. And I think like Tom was saying last week, Jesus was being quite lighthearted and using a bit of humor. Tom explained that um, when Jesus said, when you give to the needy, you don't need to do so with a trumpet at the synagogue. And that was almost, um, that was humor really, a bit of silliness. But I think also Jesus is chiding them here a little bit really, um, saying, well, look, you already have a life and a body and they are more important, far more important than what to eat and where. Does it not follow then that, God who is capable of making a human body is also capable of putting clothes on it and for providing food to keep it going. I've asked myself this week, um, what, what has happened, Hannah, that you've, you know that God is provider, you know his love for you. What stops you seeking him first in those moments? I think, simply put, and there's a big answer to it I won't go into it all now we all know I'm sure but I think simply put it's um fear um the need to control and ultimately unbelief and then disconnection from him relationship with him and I read from Anne Vos Voskamp um this week she I read this quote I wanted to read it to you um says it better than me I think this is being truly alive she wrote surrender unshielded 
to the unknown because there is a deeper love that is knowable and it is only possible to know the touch of his deeper love when you live without armor, vulnerable and exposed. Yes, never stop working hard, but don't grow tough because at the end of the day, Jesus wants our worship more than our work. It's an old and elemental truth. You are made of dust because you are made to grow. Jesus in that, those scriptures points to the wildflowers, the lilies of the field. Look at them. They can't run a loom or a spindle. They don't got the ability to sit at a sewing machine and make their clothes, but look at them. Look how beautifully God has dressed them. What's interesting is the lilies of that field will have only grown because the seed that they started as was tiny and dormant and given the right conditions could then grow in that field to bloom and display such beauty. Jesus says that God is concerned about us personally. Again, he says, look at the birds of the air. We, he, I feed them in spite of the fact they cannot drive a tractor, plow a, plow a field or work harvesting machines. They can't build barns to store the grain. Yet God takes care of each one of them. Are you not more of more value than they? In these words, Jesus isn't saying, oh, come along now, Hannah, come on, oh, just take it easy, don't you worry. Oh, no, it gives us an answer. And I think the answer he gives us is an entire foundation for your whole life. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That's the testimony of Rachel, isn't it? The ball was given to her and more, much more, being known, being seen, being heard. So it is your relationship, Hannah, with your heavenly father. I'm preaching for myself, guys. <laughs> this is probably very elementary for you. <laughs> Come along now, Hannah. It's your relationship with your heavenly father that is important. That is what determines whether you will be victorious or defeated, however difficult the circumstances are. Our life experience will equal what we have paid attention to, either by choice or by default. Our awareness in a time of destruction is a key spiritual discipline. In what ways are you present to Jesus, Hannah? He's present for you. When we read the accounts of Jesus, how many times I've seen it, it says, he will say, look, see, listen, seek, behold, give heed. It's like Jesus is going through the whole world saying, are you even noticing God who is right in the midst? See, Jesus sees the things that we never really see. So that's why if we are going to follow Jesus during our days, we have to choose to be aware and look for the moments of what God is doing and being aware of who we are. 
We have to learn to frame the moments in our day, which means we have to stop throughout the day to reconnect and come into his arms. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Seek first and pause for the portals of kingdom activity that is happening all around you. Dallas Willard has says, watch for the hand of God and join in. What a lovely quote. Watch for the hand of God to move and join in. When we strive in our work and productivity, it leads to exhaustion. But we know that in kingdom life, our awareness of him and receiving his love leads to the identification of what the father's always doing. And that leads to participation. One of them, you know, burns you out. But the other partnering with God will always and being aware of him will always give you life. In the Passion Translation of that, um, those verses, those last, they're 19 words. And I said to the girls, these 19 words probably would be the best words you could send to your life on girls. I'll read them to you again from the Passion Translation. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly, abundantly. What a lovely translation that is. Last night, um, the girls were talking with Andy about a trip that they'd been on um, to a treehouse sort of adventure in the middle of nowhere. Um, and when we were allowed to do that, and um, I hadn't been there, but they, they were recalling the story that um, the girls were away from Andy and um, it was safe, but there was um, some sheep. Well, I was, they said a stampede of sheep were running after us. And Rachel said, I, I, I said, oh, where did you go? What did you do? And Rachel said, I just went straight to the outside of the side loo and I hid and I locked the door. And then Annabelle said, yeah, Phoebe wasn't scared at all. And I said, oh, why, why was that? she ran straight into daddy's arms and she was just safe with him. And I thought to myself again last night, there's a big lesson here and I said it to them and I said it to myself and I said it to you, you can run and hide alone or you can run safe into Abba Father's arms and be known and safe and loved. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, says in the Bible, yet not one of them. Oh, thank you. Cup of tea. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're trying to tell mommy something. Oh, Phoebe. Phoebe's actually in the middle of preach. I'm just finishing, so you can go now. Where's the coloring sheet? One second, everyone. Where's Daddy? Uh, he's reading Annabelle. Put a Zoom meeting a reality going on here. Um, it says in the Bible, 
Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. When our hearts learn to seek him first and trust him without any reservation, then the Lord throws wide open the doors to the treasure house of his grace. He wants us to go in boldly and receive our share of his inheritance. And it's a simple message really tonight, guys, but the simplest is the most, has been for me this week, the best really is to receive his love and to receive the inher our inheritance. And I listened to this track, in fact, Jade, Jade met with me and she said, oh, listen to this. Come on, Hannah, listen to this. This is who you are. I was like, oh yeah, this is who Jesus is for you. And I said, yeah, you're right, Jade. Thanks. So I testify to receiving this next track that um, John's going to share now. I hope you can receive it as well.